What are you listening to? You don't know that the guy's just I know that. No, this is one that I know. Tom Brady's bordering now on Godlike. You gotta put the bourbon down and go to a doctor. He's... All right, listen up, y'all. What's up, everybody, and welcome to Bump and Run. I'm Pete Colasano here with my friend Scott Bracey, where we not only talk sports, but sometimes run a kennel. <laughs> Just got done... <laughs> <laughs> chasing my neighbor's dog out of my yard. They broke through the fence. I think he was just as excited about our mock draft, Scott, as we are. Maybe he wanted to be a part of it. Front row seat. There is a seat available. Um, I'm excited. How about you? Well, Dr. Doolittle, good afternoon to you, pal. <laughs> <laughs> now, my only question to you before we get started, because I'm going to get right into this nonsense, is... Are you ready for this? Are you prepared? Are you prepared right. to make good picks for all your teams? And you don't even know which teams those Absolutely. are yet because we gotta we gotta flip a coin to see who goes first. I am ready. You sure? I am sure. You have a look about you that says I'm ready to kick some draft ass. So <laughs> what? Why don't we just get to it? Uh, I'm gonna flip the coin to see who goes first. You call heads or tails? Yes, sir. Heads. Heads. Let's see. Oh, and it fell right off the tail. Let's try that one more time. That's a good That's a good start. It's tails. Uh, do you want to see it or do you just trust me? You going to trust me? I trust Kind of sucks I anyway because with the first pick in the draft, I'm taking <laughs> – <laughs> let me uh, – <laughs> what, a, what a waste. Here. Got a little something for everybody. And with the first pick in the draft, the Jacksonville Jaguars select – Trevor Lawrence, of course. Um, I've said many times, while I'm not 100% convinced that he is actually the best player. Well, I know he's not the best player in this draft. Um, but, you know, the football is about quarterbacks. And I'm not 100% certain, we'll say, that he's the best quarterback in this draft. But what I do know is he's, of, of the quarterbacks, he's the most sure thing. And uh, when you're picking number one, you need a sure thing. And the other side of that is he's the consensus number one. Now, if you didn't pick him, if you were the Jaguars and you didn't pick him, let's say, you know, listen, Urban Meyer's the head coach. If he went with his guy, Justin Fields, um, if Trevor, if you did that and Trevor Lawrence hits and Justin Fields is a bust, you never coach football again. I mean, maybe you could go back to college or something, but you, you're, you're laughed out of the sport. If you draft right. Trevor Lawrence and he turns out to be a bust, nothing happens. Like if he has an injury riddled career or whatever, nothing happens. Like nothing happens because yeah. everyone said it's that's a, who you got to pick. It's just one of those things, you know. It, it just, just is what out. it is. There's it, there's no way around it. I would love I would love to see, you know, almost like a reunion, I guess, of sorts between Justin Fields and Urban Meyer, you know. And here's something. Here's fun. Something funny. I just kind of found this out in the last couple of days. Coming out of high school. Justin Fields was a higher rated prospect than Trevor Lawrence. So yes. they're both, I believe they're both five stars, um, but he was a higher rated quarterback. You're right. He was the number one rated, uh, Justin Fields was the number one rated quarterback. So, And also, also a fun fact for you, Urban Meyer never got to coach Justin Fields. He did not, right? Did he did recruit? Did, did Although, he... yeah, I think he brought, I, I think he did, but I think that's part of the, big part you know, of the bringing him in. Ohio State, the Ohio State scheme 
Ryan Day runs, you know, Urban Meyer's offense. Yeah. So it's kind now of they, the same uh, thing. they love telling us that they've shifted that to something more pro style. Bullshit. What? What? Because they throw Bullshit. the ball down the field a little bit more. It's the same offense. They just they've gone a little more, more vertical. Uh, you are on the clock, Scott Bracy, with the New York Jets. Just let me know when you're set. I'm ready. Okay. With the second pick in the draft, the New York Jets select. Pete Calisano's favorite team. I got them taking your boy from BYU, Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson is the pick. I'm not surprised. Now, is that that we're going with what our picks? We're not going with what we think they're going yes. to be selected. We're going with what we would select. Um, and you like you like Wilson more than everybody else, I assume. You know, obviously, I've said this in the past. I'm not a big Justin Fields fan. Ohio State offense. Um, not that this should affect his his playing ability, but it just came out this week that he's got seizure issue, right? This, this was like today. Just, uh, just, yeah, just, epilepsy. Yeah, uh, yeah. Oh. Epilepsy is the yeah. That's the I think right. Was it epilepsy? Yeah, 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 yeah. Epilepsy. Yeah. But there's medication, so, and it really that, shouldn't be an issue. Yeah, it's never yes. been an issue before. Yeah, so. it's. It shouldn't be an issue, but it's one of those things where, like, if you're not high on him already, you're that's that's yeah. not gonna doesn't not gonna bring any closer taking him. But right, doesn't help. Yeah, it doesn't help. So, you know, it, it it's it's been kind of said out there that Sala and Douglas fell in love with this kid at his pro day a while back, and it seems like you know they're gonna play the game they do a week before the draft. But I think Wilson's uh, gonna be a New York Jet. Yeah, I think so too. I think it's a perfect fit. They they virtually run the same offense at BYU that you're going to see with the New York Jets with uh, Mike Laf Mike Lafleur, so Mike that LaFleur. that is a big help. Um, listen, the reality is that that offense in the NFL is what the West Coast offense was 30 years ago. I mean, it's just it's the offense to run right now. Like that's the hot offense. You really are looking at like what Andy Reid runs what Sean Payton runs and then what the, what the LaFleur's and really the Shanahan, that Shanahan offense is hot as it's just hot as shit right now. It's just the, all the yeah. young coordinators. If you look around the young coordinators that are making a name for themselves, uh, Stefanski, it's more the same Matt LaFleur, <coughs> McVay, Shanahan, like McVay, it's, all, yeah. it's all that same tree vert more or less. You're going to see that with the jets and Zach Wilson fits in perfect. Um, I really hope they don't start him. Right off the bat, I hope they bring in somebody to do that, <coughs> whether it's Brian Hoyer or I don't really know who, and I don't really care. I just at least half a season, you know, I, I would like to see them, you know, let him sit and watch and learn a little bit. I, I understand that you want to see it. I don't know if you're going to see it. I don't know either. And it bothers me because this is exactly what they did to Sam and it, and it doofed him up. Uh, here's why we're going to see guys get drafted <coughs> later. And some teams are ready for that. And some teams aren't. And I, the history of the league shows us if you put, you put Lamar Jackson as a starter for the Baltimore Ravens on a, on a relatively complete team. And he thrives. You put, if you would have put Lamar Jackson on the jets, he would have been running for his life every play oh, man. all season. And it would have sucked because he would have taken a lot bigger hits than he does now. They got the best running yeah. game in the league. So it matters where you land, whether or not you can start sure right away. Um, you know, you look back even with uh, 
uh, Russell Wilson landing with Seattle. That was a relatively complete team. Like it was a, it was a very, it was a good team. Um, and he just was a finishing piece, which was nice. Zach Wilson's not a finishing piece. It's a starting piece. And I just think right. you got to give him time and let that team start and you wanna, to develop. And you wanna, well, same thing. What happened to Joe Burrow last year to the Bengals? Totally. They beat the shit out of that kid. And they were making him throw the ball 50 times a game. It's just, yeah. it's, you're just asking right. a lot for, for frankly, even a guy who's, um, you know, he hasn't grown with the offense yet. So maybe, dude, a half a second in the NFL is like an eternity. And that's how you get a torn ACL as opposed yeah. to not. You know, Tom Brady doesn't get his uniform dirty because he gets rid of the ball quick because he, he knows the game so well. Got to give these guys a chance to grow. So that's my only hope. But anyway, um, I'm up with the uh, San Francisco 49ers. Oh, I'm interested to see what you do with this one, buddy. And I'm going against the grain here of what the reports are. I'm saying take Justin Fields. I'm going with Justin Fields to the San Francisco 49ers. Now, in my opinion, I if, if I were the Niners, I never would have moved up to this spot. And I know, or at least what we're hearing is they're in, they they love uh, Mac Jones because he fits. I don't think I don't think anybody. I don't even think San Francisco would tell you that Mac Jones is the best prospect at this point that's left on the board. Okay. Um, but what they will tell you is that he fits. He is mentally, you know, at the top of the list in this group of what's available. Um, he's tough. He's durable. Doesn't Those kind of yeah. things don't seem to be a problem. He's mobile enough. <clears throat> oh, by the way, he ran the same 40 that Josh Allen did, and Josh Allen is considered a running quarterback. So these we, we, we need to dispel some of these myths that these guys are like statues and stuff like that. It's nonsense. But for me, if I'm there, you know, and I'm looking at, you know, bootlegs, play action pass, I want to get my quarterback on the edge with space in front of him. Um, you know, you're, you're booting him out so he's away from the line. He's got a wide open field. And if he doesn't like what he sees, he can take off. And we're talking about a team that's looking to win immediately. Like this is a Super Bowl contending team. Uh I just I want I want Justin Fields doing those type of things. I am, I like you am not the biggest Justin Fields fan, but I can recognize talent when I see it. I've said this many times. I think he's Cam Newton plus. He's Cam Newton, his body and his physicality, but a much better much better passer, and frankly less of the uh, off field juice that you get with Cam. So right. his teammates seem to like him. He seemed to be a good leader. No you know nonsense off the field. Uh, I just that's to me that's a better fit there. So I'm going with Justin Fields. I like this pick, Peter, because I was thinking the same thing. Um, I just just the eyes. He looks like a better fit in that offense than Matt Jones does to me. So uh, I don't know, man. Like I'm just looking also long term. Like where do you max out with Mac Jones? Like Mac Jones, you might max out year two. Like that might be as good as he gets, and maybe that's enough. I mean, it's enough for. Um, oh my God, in Atlanta. Who's quarterback in Atlanta? Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan. Like, I don't know that he's much better than he was his second year in the league. Like, somebody's got, <laughs> like, you know, I'm, I'm just being serious. Kirk Cousins kind of is what Kirk Cousins always was. And maybe that's enough on a on the right team. You, you know what I mean? You don't need dynamic all the time. Right. But right. I'm just looking and I'm saying with that build that he has, he looks like he's built, Justin Fields built for the long term. 
Um, in the short term, he can use his legs, but he can throw the football. Like, he's a good thrower of the football. He's not great. He's not great, but he's a good thrower of the football, and those wheels can make up for mistakes. And that's why, sure. you know, in the, in the short term, with a good team, I kind of like that fit. So, anyway, you are now on the clock with the Atlanta Falcons. What a segue from Matt Ryan to the Atlanta Falcons, and I'm going to get Whoa. him another weapon. Hold on, hold on. Sorry, sir. Go ahead. I'm going to get him another weapon, well, and I'm going to take are. tight end, your boy, oh, Kyle Pitts. God. They're going to lose games 65 to 52. <laughs> <laughs> now, go ahead. I'll let you lot, talk about a, Pitts first. A lot a lot of action on the over in Falcon games next year. I think you could you oh can see that God. coming a mile away. <laughs> um, but listen, you can kind of argue – Matt Ryan's best years. I know he won an MVP after this guy retired, but he had some really good years when he had Tony Gonzalez. Yeah, I was there. just thinking that. Yep. And I think and, this guy uh, might be better. I think. And Matt Ryan's going into the back nine of his career, probably on the thirteenth or fourteenth hole as it is anyway. But for sure. Um, you but know, not showing any weapon. signs you know, we, of uh, aging. Like no, he looks just fine. No, he looks just fine. He does. That's why I think. I, that, that's why I don't think they take a quarterback here. I think he's got four or five years left, and this guy's going to sit on a bench. You're not going to get him any playing time. I agree totally. You're paying Matt Ryan. And like you said, you know, you're not going to – he's not showing any signs of um, a decline yet. So – Well, he's not that kind of player have, anyway. Like, he's not the kind of – like, he, he's not right. a runner. So, like, you know, he's kind of Vinny Testaverde. And Vinny Testaverde, he was the first guy to kind of re- – in recent history that's a good play one. into his 40s and play well into his 40s. So, yeah, yeah I, don't, I don't see – I don't see the, the drop-off at all with Matt Ryan. And I, I – dude, listen – you know me. I mean, I love Kyle Pitts. Like, I, I love Pitts. I just think – I was thinking, you know, when we were, you know, setting up for this, I'm thinking, you know, who I would pick with certain with certain guys. And and it's always hard. I just want to say this. it's always hard because I don't know who you're going to pick before that, so I don't know who's necessarily going to be gone, right? But yeah. I was definitely thinking a defensive player. I'm thinking a new coach. You know you got offense. You, you got to build – you got to start building this defense. You got a rebuilding. It's, there's, there's, not, there's not much there. And I would have gone with a defense player. I don't want to say who because I don't want to give anything away. Um, I now have the Bengals, who are no longer the Bungles. Um, let's see. The Bengals select Penne Sewell out of Oregon. Uh, we talked about uh, – let me write this down here. Penne Sewell. Uh, we talked about um, – uh, what the hell is the quarterback's name? Uh, Mr. Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow getting banged up, and they put him in a in a in an impossible position. They asked him to do too much as a rookie, especially considering they had a very shitty offensive line. I would <laughs> listen for this year. For me, I would focus so much on, you know, protecting Joe Burrow. Like I'm gonna I'm gonna do whatever I have to do to build this offensive line, and then and then I'll start to worry about their defense is bad. So it wouldn't surprise me in real life if they drafted a defensive player because I think it's it's easier to get linemen down the road than it is to get really high-end defensive players. So I really did think about that a little bit. But I think Panay Sewell, assuming like we've talked about that year off, doesn't do the doofing job that we think it could or might or whatever. But I just think you got to protect this kid and you got to do it at all costs. He sh- he showed me yep. last year that he is a franchise quarterback. I was frankly stunned at how much he showed me so quickly. 
I, re I really was. I didn't, I thought he'd be okay. I didn't think he, he was really good. He was really good. And they know he was really good. And that's why they put so much on his shoulders. But now you got to protect them, man. You got to protect them. Totally agree. I think that's the pick I want to make too. Yeah. Okay. So now, uh, Scott Brace, you're on a clock with the Miami Dolphins. You ready? Okay. Yes, sir. The Miami Dolphins at six. Get to some help. A guy he knows, Devontae Smith from Alabama. Really? Trophy winner. Oh, yep. That's that's what. I, that's the first. That's surprise what I think. I, well, that's what I think. Uh, I think. Listen, they got a good tight end. Their running game last year was surprisingly decent because I had Miles Gaskin in a couple fantasy leagues. He was pretty good. He's a smaller guy, but you can again we could go running back later in the draft. Yes. Whatever they want to do there. They need a playmaker to on the outside. Their defense is pretty good. Their their defense uh, their head coach is a defensive guy. Their 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 division is, I wouldn't say winnable, but if they were close last year, they were they were they're they right there with the Bills most of the year. So you got a guy like Smith, and you could you could go Smith or Waddle here, but I think they're going to go Smith. So I got I got the Dolphins taking Smith at six. Okay, um, I like the concept on the pick. Um, I like the idea of getting to a, another weapon. And I also like the idea more than anything of getting him a speedy weapon. Like they had some yep. weapons and I did like their tight end last year. Who uh, was he a rookie last year? I believe it was a second year. Mike okay. Gusecki from Gusecki. Penn State. I liked him a lot. Like he really is quite the weapon. I, I mean, he's a really nice player. It's, it's a, it's a, it's not the, the prettiest sounding name, but, um, but he was quite a pretty, athlete on the field like he's an athlete he's 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 better than i, I had no idea Devonte smith is six feet 166 pounds man and that just makes me nervous so it just says to me that there's there's a specific way that they're gonna have to use him uh you can't expect him to be like a physical receiver you know i don't unless you unless you did certain scheming with him red zones are gonna be tough and red zone you know, Alabama wasn't constantly in the red zone, and they had other weapons. I mean, yeah. Alabama probably had better weapons than most NFL teams. But, like, he's not a red zone threat, <laughs> but what he is is a midfield breakaway threat. I mean, his speed, his quickness. I mean, obviously, Heisman Trophy winner, right? You don't do that because you're fat and slow. So I like the idea. I just think that's a little early. I actually – so here's what's funny. I actually think he's a guy that – you know, there's always one or two players that fall in the draft that were like, wow, this guy still hasn't been picked yet. I think he he could be one of them. <clears throat> but but he's an athlete and he's he's he puts he could put on a show, so it's not the worst pick in the world. Uh on the clock now is the Detroit Lions. And uh, along the lines of what you were just saying, I'm going with Jamar Chase. I would have picked him ah, from Miami, nice. frankly, but uh, I think he's the best wide receiver uh, in this draft. You know, they lost Kenny Galladay. Uh, they lost Marvin Jones. And you bring in – you make the trade and you bring in um, – uh, Dude, I'm like just drawing blanks today. Who's the quarterback they brought in from the Rams? <laughs> what the hell's wrong with Jared me? Goff. Jared, you bring in oh, Jared Goff. Christ. You take away his two top weapons. You got to replace him with something. And to me, Jamar Chase also, I I'm assuming that Jared Goff is not their long-term answer at quarterback. I'm assuming that. I could be wrong. Honestly, I could be wrong. But I'm just, I'm just saying I don't think they're looking to keep Jared Goff forever. 
whoever your next quarterback is, if you're going to draft a quarterback, man, wouldn't it be nice to have a, 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 a Jamar Chase as like a two or three year veteran at that point for your rookie yeah, quarterback. Yeah. And I just nice piece. They have tons of other needs, but I just, I think he's exceptional and I just don't know how you pass that up. So I would go with Jamar Chase there. We have concerns about these guys who didn't play. And he's another one, right? <laughs> now, I just, you know, it just becomes a thing like a guy like him, like different positions, it means different things. So it's like for a Jamar Chase, does he lose a half a step? Is the quickness still going to be there? You know what I mean? When you play football every year and you play in the offseason and you play games and then you take a year off, I just don't know. I just don't know. So that. You get a little, you get a little mushy. Maybe. Or you just yeah. you just lose a little of that shift, you know, when you're – I just don't know. So that absolutely gives me some pause and it makes me a little nervous. But, God, man, he was so damn good, you know, the previous season. So I, I think yeah. you got to do it. Yeah. <clears throat> Are you ready with your Carolina pick? I'm ready, brother. All right. At eight, the Carolina Panthers – Get your old boyfriend, Sam Darnold, some protection up front, and they're going to go offensive tackle over Sean Slater love it. from Northwestern. Love it. I love I, I love it. Go ahead. So Slater, as I mentioned, Northwestern, smart as hell kid. Um, another guy who sat out last year, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. Did he sit did out I, the whole I, I season? I, I don't know. I don't know. I thought I read that the other day, and I, I that's bad part out of me not looking it up. For, not 100% sure. I be think sure. he played a few games or but, something. But watching some tape on him, and again, you're going up against some monsters in the Big Ten, some some really good pass rushers that are first and second round picks that play a long time in the NFL, and he ate him up, ate him up pretty good. Yeah. So Chase Young Sam specifically, probably, uh, yes, yeah. do, kind of dominated him, which is unbelievable because Chase Young is yep. legit, like legit. A couple, a, a couple guys on Wisconsin that they always go to the yeah. NFL, Penn State. Um, so. One of the one of the big issues with the Jets, Sam Darnold has was was keeping him healthy, keeping him on the field, keeping him protected. And I think if that's where if that's where they want to go, Matt Rule and the Panthers with Sam, and even Teddy. Teddy missed a lot of games last year. If, if Teddy wins the job or whatever they're doing there, I, I don't know. Well, Teddy ain't gonna but win the job. You gotta protect these guys. But I'm with you 100. percent I'm gonna do. If I'm Carolina, I'm doing everything the opposite of what the Jets did with Sam Darnold. Yep. I'm giving him weapons. I'm gonna protect them. Uh, I love the pick. I love the pick for other reasons. Like um, um, amongst what we said, he you can actually make an argument that he's a better t tackle than um, Panay Sewell because he had less whiffs. Panay Sewell had a couple whiffs. Now, some of that is because he loves to like get the pancakes and because of that he gets a little over his toes and, and will whiff sometimes. That could be corrected very, very easily. Um, but you can make the argument that Slater's better. But what you can also, we know for sure, is there's probably some flexibility there to move him to guard if, you know, somebody fell into your lap or if you picked up a free agent or there's flexibility. Sure. There's no flexibility with Panay Sewell. He is a tackle, probably a left tackle. Like Slater gives you some flexibility either to either side or even potentially, you know, moving him to guard. I love I, it. I love absolutely. the pick. Do everything the opposite of what the Jets did for Sam. I've said to you, I am a secondary uh, Panthers fan now. After what happened to Sam, I, I want to see the kid do good because I think there's a lot of talent there. So I hope they do everything, everything in their power to make that happen for him. And um, I think uh, I think that's uh, a great pick for them there. 
Nope. So I'm I'm on the hook here now, and this is oh you, you you're making me sweat. Oh, uh, so there's rumors, and then there's what I would do. The Denver Broncos at number nine. I need a second here, man. I need a second because man. Well, you know I'm going to jump in on this one at some point. I too, know, so. and I know what you want. I'm trying to keep that out of my head, but I also know what's going on. Oh, boy. This is a tough one for me, man, because I could go in like three different directions here because things, things, exact, things didn't go exactly as I thought. Oh, I could go defense. <laughs> I could go defense. I can go offense. You can go quarterback. I can go cool. Yeah. I hope you don't. Uh, <laughs> I know you don't because <laughs> I know you know who's on the board. <laughs> you know the board. Oh, uh, can I punt? Is punting an option here? Oh man. Well, listen. Why don't we? Why don't we? Uh, why don't we have a little mini discussion here? If it's. <laughs> Uh, the pick is in. The pick is okay. in. And hold on. Yeah, the pick is now in. And the Denver Broncos, in a move that will absolutely thrill Scott Bracey, <laughs> go with Penn State linebacker Micah Parsons. Yes, sir. Uh... So we we started this draft off with talking. Well, I I had initially said that I'm not convinced that Trevor. I know he's not the Trevor Lawrence isn't the best player in this draft, and I wasn't even convinced that he's the best quarterback. There's an argument to be made that Micah Parsons is the best player in this draft. It would probably be between him and Kyle Pitts as who's the best player in this draft. Like, and you can there, there's how you look at best player. Like, is he the best at his position? Is he the is he better at his position than anybody else's at their position? Yeah, like he is. Like he's that yeah. good. Yeah. Runs a four four forty. Uh, what is he? Two forty five, two fifty. Um, athletic yeah, like can that. cover. He's, he's got speed. Like we we talked about him a week or two ago, or I think it was a week ago when we were talking about defensive players and how the hell do you how do you how the hell do you Kyle? Uh, hello, here we go again. Bourbon's kicking in. <laughs> how the hell do you cover Kyle Pitts? I got a guy for you. His name is Micah Parsons. Like it's, it might, you know, one of the few people that can do it. Um, if the coin toss went a little differently, okay. <laughs> if the coin toss had gone a little differently, I had planned on taking Parsons at number four, uh, number four with Atlanta, because I okay. just believe they got to start building that offense. There's plenty of de I mean, I get that it. defense. There's plenty of offense there. And boy, what a corner piece. Uh, if you're looking for a comp, uh, Luke Keekley with even more speed and and without the concussion problems is what you're looking at with Micah Parsons. And that guy was the best linebacker in the sport. So um, I'm sure you're, you're doing backflips on the inside here, if you want to say. Well, that's, that's the guy I've wanted for a long time now. I want no part of Trey Lance. But it was one of those two, dude. And I got to be honest with you, I was I also leaning to a potential left tackle. Or to a tackle, I was gonna, I was gonna get a little more protection. So, okay, but I just okay. think that's, I would have been okay with it. I think it's a little bit of a reach. I, I think you can do it later on, or 
It just wasn't the two guys that I like, so that's why. And I did, I really didn't want to upset you so much with Trey. And I gotta be honest, with you, I'm I'm not no, I'm not a big Trey Lance guy. I, I've watched enough film now, and I'm not there. So and we'll talk about that later, though. Um. So just to jump in real quick on it, um, not a big Trey Lance guy. Their offensive line is kind of intact as as of right now. Um. So, but listen, you, you can always use a tackle. Or, or that's so I get what you're you're thinking is yeah. there. If they, if they didn't have such a good free agency with corners, I would have said maybe another guy that's down the line. I think he's going to be my next pick, actually. I would have said maybe a corner there. But their defense is very solid right now, yeah. and I think the only part that they're missing is the middle linebacker. So if this guy falls in your lap, and I'm not, I'm not, I don't want to give up on lock just yet either. I know you don't. Especially for a guy that's a big risk and a guy that's a – listen, if Mac Jones was still there too, that's something I maybe talk about. Mac I wouldn't, Jones I wouldn't is still there. I, I'm saying in real life, if it's if it's a situation where like I wouldn't hate that, but two years ago we brought this up where like Michigan's Devin Bush was there and they trade the goddamn pick to the Steelers. The whole league knew the Steelers wanted him and they and they went and got him. And so now I don't think you could do that again. I think you got to get your middle linebacker now if he's sitting there. Yeah, I just I think it's I think it's twofold. Well, you know this is just the way the draft goes. You don't know who's going to be there and who's not. If the draft goes according to Hoyle and Mac Jones does go third to San Francisco, I'm going to be honest with you, or, or let's say are the roles were reversed and you did go Mac Jones with at number three, San Fran, I would have picked Justin Fields here, and I would have, I would have let him go at it with, um, uh, with, with Drew Locke. And I think it would be interesting, and I think he'd probably beat him out, to be honest with you. Because uh, I just think he's more of a competitor. Wow. I, I'm not. I don't. I don't love Locke. There's just something about him. It ain't his ability. It ain't the skill. It ain't the talent. Because that all that's there. Got the big arm. Yeah. He's definitely smart. He's a little. He's a little laissez-faire Jay Cutler for me. And oh, don't say that. I'm not going to go quite that far. He's got. He got a better personality than Jay Cutler. But I'm just saying, like, I, I don't see like a, a shitload of passion with Drew Locke. I just see him like a little like whatever sometimes bothers me. So I would have taken Justin Fields if he was available, but I don't, I don't, <coughs> I just, I don't think at this point at number nine, you could pass up on a Micah Parsons. I just don't think you can. I just think he's too good. I he's hear too good. I got you. Now up I'm on the clock are the Dallas picture. Cowboys. At number 10. The Dallas Cowboys take a cornerback from Alabama, mm -hmm. Patrick Sertan Jr., or the second or the third or whatever his last name is. That's a pretty certain. So the, so, so the Cowboys, the Cowboys, another team like the Falcons, are in 55, 53 games every week. At least it was in the beginning of the year last year before Dak got hurt. Uh, they need corner help bad. Um, winnable division for sure. In the NFC East, they got they got they got Jordan Lewis, who I know familiar with that from Michigan. He's a great nickel, but he's not a, he's not a shutdown corner. He's good in the slot. They have another guy. I think they got rid of two corners. Um, one guy they drafted from UConn a couple years ago. I think he's gone, and uh, another guy from Colorado. I think he's gone too. So this is definitely a position of need for them there. And uh, you know, again, you could have went edge rusher. You could have done a lot of things with the Cowboys on defense, but I think they're going to go Patrick Sertan. Yeah. Um... I, I, I like the pick. I think Dallas is bad on defense. I think they probably need more defensive personnel than people realize. There's this there's this feeling that um, 
All right, you're going to have to help me out again here. The new defensive coordinator was the Atlanta Falcons head coach, Dan Quinn, right? Is that what I'm talking about? Dan Quinn? Dan Quinn, yeah. Yep. Oh, well, Dan yep. Quinn's going to come in and straighten these guys out. What the hell are you talking about? Atlanta had one of the worst <laughs> defenses in the friggin' league the, for as long as I can remember. Do we not That's forget? That's why he got fired. Yeah, do we not remember <laughs> that they were beating New England 28-3 to and lost? Like, yeah, dude. I don't know why everybody's getting all jacked up about Dan Quinn. It's a personnel issue. They're not very good. They don't get after the quarterback anymore. Their linebackers are constantly hurt. Uh, and their defensive backfield stinks. And frankly, you got Jerry Jones on um, on video calls talking more offense. Like he wants to pick offense. Why? Because they're the Dallas Cowboys and, and offense is sexy. This would be a good pick. Um, but I, it's a great pick and I think he's a good player, but I think they still got a shitload of holes on defense and I think they got, I think there's a problem. So, but I think it's a good pick and it's probably a smart pick by you. So, uh, I'm up with the New York giants and let's see if I can, and I am going to utterly butcher this name. But I'm going edge rusher out of Notre Dame, Awusu Koromoa. Did I say that properly? Pretty good. Close enough. Um, I the just, only problem, the only problem with that pick, though, Pete, I think he's a linebacker. I think he's an inside linebacker. Oh no! The, then who am I thinking? Was uh-huh. it? Uh, was it? Oh no! I'm sorry. Then it was supposed to be Jason Owe from Penn State. That the, the, I get okay. those two guys mixed okay. up because the the uh, the O okay. the Owusu and the Owe. I get those mixed up. <laughs> so I'm sorry. So Jason Owe. Am I saying that correctly? I believe you are. His names are tough sometimes. Uh, edge rusher. I, I want an edge rusher. That's what I want. I want an edge rusher. They, the Giants <laughs> historically are known for defense. They load it up on offense. Uh, they get uh, uh, they got Galladay. They get uh, what's-his-face back, the running back. Saquon. Got Saquon Barkley, who they're going to have to decide whether or not they pay him. We may talk about that later. But the Giants historically are known for strong defense. When they win championships, it's because they have great defense and they need to get back to that. And I think this is a great pick because one of the things, you know, great when you think great defense, whether it's the Bears in 84, whether it's the Giants of many different years, even when we think of the San Francisco 49ers back in the day with, um, with Joe Montana, we think of that offense. Dude, that defense was phenomenal. Okay, for years they, yeah. they had one of the better defenses in the league. When the Cowboys did went on their run in the early '90s, they had one of the best defenses in the league. They got after it defensively. Great teams have great defenses. The Giants know that, and I think they get a pass rusher here and uh, and, and get after the quarterback. Excellent athlete, you know, phenomenal athlete. So, I had I had the same position in mind too. I had a pass rusher going there too, just a different guy. So we're in the we're on the same page. There. You don't want to tell me who. Quiddy Pay. I'll tell you who. Quiddy Pay. There's something about him. Is he a little? Is he a little little light? Yeah, he's a little. Yeah, that's why he runs so fast because he's a little light. And his sacks. And like I told you last week, his sack production is a little down when they don't have another guy on the other side. Yeah. So that's that's a little scary. I'm but not I mistaken think... on a big board. They're kind of like right next to each other. The two of yeah. them are kind of yeah, you know, they're, six of one half. The two of them. Years. And I think the, the, the other guy from Florida, from Miami, you mentioned last week and the guy from Georgia, they're all very close. They're yeah. all very, very close. So. Yep. yep. 
listen, they, they, they all could shit the bed and be bad. They all could be pretty good. Like you just don't. It's just one of those. There, there's no. There's no. There's no Chase Young. All right, so I am back on the board with the Eagles. No, you're not. I am. Oh, that was me. I I, I apologize. You're on the board with the Eagles, and are you ready? Yes, sir. I am ready. The Philadelphia Eagles will take Jalen Waddell, mm. wide receiver, Alabama. I think the Eagles are a freaking mess. Their coach is a disaster in press conferences. Their owner and their GM are total douchebags. I don't even know if Jalen Hurts can play quarterback in the NFL, but if you're going to try him out, you got to get him some weapons. And another guy, I think he came into school with Jalen Waddell, if I'm not mistaken, in Alabama years back. So I'm going to go with Waddell. They have no – I can't even name three wide receivers on that team right now. I think they still have that quarterback from Houston playing receiver. They I think Jeffrey's they gone. Rieger. I, uh, oh, yeah. Who, did not who play has, well last what, year. What a miserable but, year. Nope. Yeah. A miserable year. They got, the, they got the big kid from Stanford who looks like a bust as well. The kid with three names. Orego Whiteside or something like that. So, their Ertz might be on the move. So, oh, they sure. need some weapons. And I think, and I think if Waddle falls in their lap there, I think you got to take him. Yeah. You know, I'm, I think I'm in the minority here when I say I don't know how much of a mess the Eagles are in only because they've dealt with so many injuries over the last two years. And, hey, the, the truth is injuries are injuries. That's part of the game. And, frankly, injuries start to pile up. So if guys are getting hurt, there's a, there's a better chance that they're going to continue to get hurt. But if, if they're healthy, if they're healthy, and it's a monster if, but if they're healthy, the offensive line is not terrible. They have some nice pieces on defense. Um, they do play some. They they play some decent defense. Um, this head coach Nick Sirianni comes from a wide receiver background. He was a wide receivers coach before he was an offensive coordinator. And to be totally honest with you, I love the pick. I love the pick because I actually think now I agree with you on Jalen Hurts. I'm not super high. I'm not low on Jalen Hurts either because I just think he's such a hard worker. That he can like yeah, will not, his yeah. way, he can will his way to wins because he's just. I love the kid and I root for him because he's just that kind of guy. Um, but man, Waddle is. I was just looking at the list thinking, man, Waddle has really fallen from a guy who was potentially a top seven eight pick. This is what twelve. Is that the twelfth pick? Yeah. Yep. Yep. So 12. not that there's any like anything wrong with being a 12 pick in a trap, but I'm just saying like, that's a great pick. If that does fall to them, they should be thrilled. Um, because if there's one area where the Eagles have struggled, whether it be in the draft or staying healthy over the last few years, it's at wide receiver. And this yeah, guy to me point. is a stud. He has a lot of Tyree killing him. And if, and if they can get him there, that's, it's, it's a great pick. It's a great pick. And, and they should be, they should be quite happy with that. Uh, I believe I'm up now with the Chargers. Yes, sir. And I don't know if this is going to be a popular pick or not. My sense is it might not be, but I'm again, I'm thinking of what they have, and maybe they didn't even realize what they had on their hands. But I'm going to take Christian Darasaw, offensive tackle Dude. from Virginia Tech, because uh, I just think you got a you got a quarterback on your hands that you're going to have for 15 years. Um, I, I got to be honest with you, I don't know 
their their offensive line, you know, construction terribly well. I think Darisaw is a really good player. He's a super physical player, and I just want to protect my quarterback. I, I just I just want to protect my quarterback above all else. I think their defense is actually decent. They have some nice players who have been injured again. We're we're sitting here talking ifs. If they're healthy on defense, it's a pretty talented defense. And I just want to protect my quarterback. So go on Christian Darso. Man, I tell you, there's something about me and you, bro. We are on the same page, not only the same position, but the same goddamn guy. I had the same guy better yeah. in there. So uh totally agree with what you said. You got a, you got a future stud, I think, a quarterback there. You want to protect him. So you gotta you gotta beef up the line. Oh man, I wish I really wish the coin toss went a different way here, but go ahead. Uh you're you're on the maybe next week we reverse it. <laughs> there, there you go. That's a little tip. You're on the clock with the Vikings. Are you ready, sir? Yes, sir. So the Vikings little struggle last year on the defensive side of the ball mm. with a defensive-minded head coach. So they let go. I think they, I think they let go of a cornerback the year before. I can't think of his name. The guy Rhodes, I think, from Florida State. Mm-hmm. He wasn't there last year, I don't believe. No. And they and it showed. So I got them taking cornerback J.C. Horn out of South Carolina. Uh, division, Packers, Lions, they're going to throw the ball a lot. Uh, I mean, hold on, Phil. Physical guy. I like him. Yeah. Physical guy. Uh, doesn't mind putting his face mask in. Doesn't mind getting 30, getting tackles. You know, he's not Deion Sanders where he's making business decisions, not making any tackles. Hook him up there and hit you. <laughs> <laughs> so that's who I got. The Gamecock at at what at fourteen to the Vikings. I don't mind the pick at all. It fills a need for sure. They sucked on defense last year. Um, I, I'm just again, this is one of those where if it was if I were here, and while I haven't been the biggest cheerleader for this guy, I probably would I would I would have put Mac Jones here. Um, I want to get off of Kirk Cousins. I don't think Kirk Cousins is a leader. I don't think Kirk Cousins is big time. To me, Kirk Cousins, the, the to me like the how do I say like the the final straw that broke the camel's back to me is when he apologized to a rookie receiver for not throwing him the ball. That's just not a leader. I can't think of a of any legitimate starting quarterback star in this league that would have apologized out loud, like out loud in public to a rookie friggin' wide receiver. And I just think he comes up small in big spots, and any any they're paying him a shit ton of money, and I'm looking to get off of him. And to me, Mac Jones uh, is a little bit bigger, a little bit stronger version, maybe a little bit smarter, and certainly a better leader yeah. than Kirk Cousins. And I w- I'd want to move off of him. It may not be the best pick. I'll be honest with you. It may not be the best pick. It may not fill a need. Um, I don't know that I expected Mac Jones or would expect Mac Jones to fall this far. And I haven't heard anybody talk about this kind of pick, but I'm just sitting here now and I'm thinking, I want to get out of this Kirk Cousins yeah. thing. I can't, no, I can't I like look you're at going this and that. say yeah. it's been a successful move for the Vikings. It's kind of been a, man, are they that much? Are they any better than they were with Teddy Bridgewater? I don't think so. No. This has not been this kind of move where we're out from under Teddy Bridgewater. Now we got Kirk Cousins. We're better. You can and make an argument anything, that they're worse. And you might have better weapons than Teddy Bridgewater had. Because yeah. now Thielen's a veteran. Jefferson looks like a stud. Dalvin Cook's a stud. So. Yeah, so that's where I would have gone. Um, I don't think that's what would happen. 
I'm just saying that's a mean because I don't like I don't like her cousins. I, I'm kind of and I like her cousins. So this is you know this is just me course correcting. To be honest with you, I I was a fan of her cousins. I didn't understand why Washington let him go. I didn't understand why they didn't sign him. And while I thought Minnesota overpaid for him, um, I liked Kirk, Kirk Cousins. But there had just been a number of things where he looked just soft and weak, and just wouldn't want him there. So, but I love the I love the J.C. Horn pick. I think he's legit. I think he's a good player, and he's going to help them a lot. Um, on the board now for me is Trey Lance. I'm sorry, is New England, and I just gave away my pick. Oh my God, dude! Put the bourbon away, will you, please? <laughs> uh, I'm gonna take Trey Lance, and I think what's interesting about this is again the fit. You've had Cam Newton here for two years; it'll be two years now, and you bring in a guy who is, to me, uh, uh, a smarter, better passer, um, kind of tougher, more down-to-earth version of Cam Newton. And I can let Cam Newton play for a year and then ship him off to Canada and say, Trey Lance, the job is now yours. And what I think is also unique about this is this has been kind of quite the transition for Bill Belichick. Um, you go from kind of like a, a, a pocket-centric quarterback in Tom Brady to these this, this past season and next season, Cam Newton, who you know is on the run. There's been this transition for – them as an offense, as a um, as a uh, uh, a way of attacking defenses, and you get you get one more year of this under your belt with Cam, and then you can move right into Trey Lance, cheaper, younger, better kid, all that kind of stuff. I think it's a good fit right now, and frankly, it answers the biggest question that the that the Patriots have right now. So I have the same position. Uh, I had quarterback there, but I had him taking Mac Jones, so we're on the same page. Everyone knows they need a quarterback. Uh, uh, Cam's not the long-term fit, and uh, Belichick needs a big year, or at least something for, some, for people in New England to think future positive about. And I think a quarterback's the, the way to go. Yeah, and again, I'm not I'm not the biggest Trey Lance fan, but I'm looking and I'm saying this is a good fit. The fit is good because the timing is right. The funny thing is, two years ago, I would have said, yeah, Mac Jones. Like, Mac Jones is a better fit because you're going from Tom Brady to Mac Jones. They're similar. And I think Trey Lance, yeah. from Cam to Trey Lance, is a better – is a good fit right now. So, All right, But I also but I also think I also think with Josh McDaniels, I think he could turn the clock back with his old playbook. Oh, too, I know he could. Real easily. Yeah, I know he could. Yeah. I know he could. I, yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. All right, you're on the clock with Arizona. You ready? Yes, sir. All right. I mean, you're, you're quick with this. The Cardinals need a running back. And I got them taking Travis Etienne out of Clemson. It didn't work out. They 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 went they got the guy from Miami last year, two a year and a half ago. Last year he had a down year. They got a decent backup, but I don't think he's gonna he's not gonna be a long term guy. I don't think he's that electric, to be honest with you, in, in Edmonds. But Etienne's a stud, man. Etienne is and I think he's a perfect fit in that offense with Kyler Murray. You got Hopkins on the outside. I, I I think he's a great fit, and and you know and you know um, Kingsbury loves his offense. I was just gonna say, like you're loading up on the offense, boy. You're loading up. Yep, on I'm the an offense. offensive guy. So, you know, I know it, you're gonna disagree with this. I I I, I can see it in your uh, eyes. You hate it. I don't I don't hate it. I I don't like it because I'm not a running backs in the first round kind of guy. I, I just don't I just, I don't I, see, I don't see the value at all. Like I just don't see the value I at all. You. 
So I don't like using first-round picks on running backs. Um, I, I, the funny thing is, of all the running backs, I like AT, Etienne the best. Regardless of what other people say, I like him the best. I just think he's the most versatile. He's a three-down player all the way. And, um, you know, I do like that. I do like that part of it. But, yeah, I'm not a – I'm not a – I don't know. I don't know what I would have gone with. I think I probably would have put another lineman. I would have preferred to put another lineman in front of um, – in front of uh, Kyler Murray. Kyler. But, you know. I had a corner there, too. I could have went corner, I think. but I think they have more needs than people realize. Plus, they're playing in a ridiculously difficult division. Yeah. And, toughest in the league, I think. You know, I don't know. Are you just going to you know, win shootouts against Seattle and San Fran and the Rams who loaded up? Like, I just – I think I actually think Arizona – this is just is one of those teams that – it's a funky time for Arizona and the timing may be bad for Kingsbury and Kyler Murray because the rest of the division is so damn good. I don't know how yeah, you pass those up. Point. I think you have the third best quarterback. I think you have the fourth best defense. I think you have the fourth best coach and at a four. So I think there are problems there. And I actually think Kingsbury could be on the hot seat a little bit this year. We may talk about that a little later anyway. Um, I'm on the board here with uh, with uh, the Las the Vegas Raiders. Raiders, and I'm gonna go in typical Raiders fashion here. Although, might not be who you think. With the 17th pick, the Las Vegas Raiders select Elijah Moore, wide receiver out of Mississippi. Mississippi, uh, yep. Yeah, I like this kid. He's not the highest rated left on the board right now, but I think he is a Raider. He's explosive. He's a big play guy, lots of speed. Um, he produced for, for a Mississippi team going up, always going up against better competition. Like he produced against Alabama. He produced against Auburn. Like he he's a big time player. He's explosive. And I just think that's a, that's a Raiders kind of guy. Now the funny thing is, I don't know if that's a Gruden kind of guy, he, he tends to like like possession receivers a little more, you know, your Keyshawn Johnson's, your big, your big targets like that. I don't know, but the Raiders, big plays, get the ball downfield, make things happen, you know. And, and frankly, for um, for Carr, it's a guy who he, he's not a big risk taker, but but more is the kind of guy that you can get the ball in the short to medium range passes, and he can take it to the house, and that's. That's something that helps Carr more than it does, say, fit with what Gruden likes to do. So I'm trying to help Carr. I think he's a really good quarterback. I think he's an underrated quarterback. He doesn't make mistakes, doesn't turn the ball over. Um, part of it is because he doesn't take the risks, and that's certainly right. part of it. But here's a guy that you don't have to necessarily take the risks, and he could take it to the house. And I love, I love players like that. So I'm going to go with Elijah Moore out of Mississippi. So let me ask you a question, sir. It doesn't bother you that last year they took rugs, same type of guy. Uh, I think he stinks, uh, or at least he hasn't he hasn't showed out to be that player. And I'm I'm I have no problem saying you know what we made a mistake and we're moving off that and we're moving on to something better. Now I will tell you, uh, an argument can absolutely be made to get an offensive lineman because I think they 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 pushed off some offensive line pieces. So I wouldn't be surprised if you saw. 
trying to think of who the offensive tackle is from uh, Oklahoma State. Tevin Jenkins or something like that. Like, I can totally see yeah. something like that, and I like Jenkins. The kid from the kid from USC too is out there. Jalen Mayfield from Michigan's out there. There's a couple guys that can go. I there. can see that, but I can. I think I feel like they can make those kind of moves later. Um, I'm not saying you give up on rugs, but. Uh, me personally, and I feel like Mayock is this kind of guy. Now, now the funny thing is Gruden is not. But I feel Mayock is the kind of guy to say, hey, <laughs> we, we picked this guy. It's not working out. We're moving off. I'm not going to wait four years. Like, I'm just not going to wait. We're going to move off, and I just want to get another weapon. And, you know, and the funny thing about that is maybe Ruggs fits in in a different way because you bring in more. Or maybe that causes him to lay a fire under his ass. Or maybe it was simply because last year was COVID and you didn't have a really uh, uh, an extensive off season and he just it, he needed more time to pick up the offense. And maybe it's just because guys coming out of Alabama they're already maxed out because Saban is such a good coach that he gets the most out of his players and guys they are what they are and they don't really get much better because he coaches them up so damn well. And I don't know which one of those it is and I don't really care. I'm just looking and I'm saying, you know. I don't look at him. I'm not counting on rugs. And since I'm not counting on rugs, I want to have another weapon besides the tight end. And that that's why you got, you got one of the best running backs in the league. You got one of the best tight ends in the league. Yeah. Car. We're, we're both like, ah, we like car. We don't like Carr's he's like a top 12 guy ends. to me. He's a top 12. He's certainly top half of the league. He, he's he's enough. He, you can win. If you can win with Jimmy yeah, G, you can I, win with, with, I agree. with Carr, I agree. Carr, Derek Carr. So, and I just love giving him another weapon. Right. I actually have – part of it is also I like this kid. I like this kid, Elijah Moore. He's, there, he's got a little spice. There's a little, there's a little something there about him. I don't know if it's an edge. Sometimes with wide receivers, it can make you a little scared because yeah. they become divas quickly. Um, You're straddling a line there. Yeah. It could, you know, but I'll worry about that later. Uh, right now, I love the idea of having excellent running back, excellent tight end. Give me that excellent wide out, and we'll work on the offensive line the rest of the way. They got holes on defense too, but I just love the kid. I like this kid, and I just think he's a nice fit in that in that uh, you know silver and black. So, gotcha. And you got the last pick, my man. And the Miami Dolphins with their second. Oh my bad. No, that's okay. You got to do this. You gotta do <laughs> I got excited. Get I got excited. <laughs> yeah. Um, Miami Dolphins with their second pick in the first round. Again, I could go a lot of different ways here. Um, kind of like what you were saying with the Raiders. I had them taking a wide receiver. I could see him going running back. I could see him getting on their offense on shape, but I got them going cornerback and I'm going Caleb Fairley out of Virginia tech. Oh, okay. All right. Dude. I just watched the film on this kid. Like it was all, it was Sertan heavy. It was JC Horn heavy. I just watched him. This guy had more picks and almost as many tackles in less games than the other guys had. He's a big dude, too. Dude, and he, I, I, I'm, I'm falling in love with him, man. I was like, yeah. man, this guy's going to be a steal. Yeah. And he's going to be, and he's going to go to a solid team now. You're picking like end of like t- high teens, early twenties. You're going to a playoff team. This guy could be a great pick for someone late, man. Yeah, no, I agree. I don't, I don't hate the pick. And here, here's again as a GM, and that's what we're doing here, right? We're trying to be GMs. You got to think of these kind of things. Caleb Farley is the kind of player, because of his size, that can start his career as a corner, and if he loses a step as he gets a little older, he can become a safety. Like, there's no reason he couldn't be because he has the he has the size to do that. And that, to me, just means, like, I get, I get more out of a player. You know, cornerbacks often have a limited 
you know, a limited time of being an elite player in a league. And here's a guy who, because of his size, that can, that can end up being extended. So, so I like it. I like the pick and I like the fit. Uh, I think Miami also needs to work on protecting Tua. So we'll see. We'll see about that, what they do. Um, as you look over, just to put a wrap on this, as you look over your board of who didn't didn't get drafted, um, who sticks out to you? Like, who do you look at and you're like, oh, okay, that guy's still available at what would be 19. I don't even know. I guess that's a Washington football team. Oh, God. There's a couple guys. There's uh, a couple the names big- here that stick out. I got two or three guys. Matt Jones, obviously, being one. Yeah, you know we have you know Niners. A lot of talk when Niners going to go three. You know, again, this is just me and you talking. Who knows? Yeah, no, yeah, we don't know. But I'm just looking. I'm saying, wow. Yeah. See, that's what's interesting, and that's why these are useful. Because as picks come in, it changes things for the guys who are picking later. Like, you know, you had we had Denver at nine. I had him taking Micah Parsons. Micah Parsons could go earlier, or he could fall. Or Justin Fields can go early. You don't know what teams are picking before you, and it really does one strange pick or unexpected pick changes everything. It changes everything, and you're like, yeah. "Whoa, wow!" And and then and then that's how other guys end up falling, you know, because the, the fit wasn't yeah. there. So we thought Mac Jones, or people think Mac Jones is a great fit for San Francisco, but what if San Francisco surprises everybody and does take Justin Fields? Well, guess what? Now Mac Jones falls a long ways. A long, a long because way. where the, does he the Aaron Rodgers thing? I end sure. up taking him with yeah. the Vikings, but there's no guarantee. There, that's probably unlikely, actually. That's what I would do, but that's unlikely. And next thing you know, Trey Lance is going before Mac Jones. When a day ago, we're told Mac Jones is going number three overall. <laughs> you know, so that that is interesting about that. When we look at this, and you actually go through it, and you're like, "Damn, that guy fell, huh?" Like, no shit. So I look at Quiddy Pay as another guy. Like, wow, he fell. Like. You know, not he's not really falling, but there was edge rushers. Listen, quarterbacks and edge rushers and wide receivers, like these are the guys that go and oftentimes go ahead of where they probably should. And he's a legit edge rusher, and he's he would still be available, which, again, I'm looking at the PFF board. They have him at 22, so it's not like he's falling from yeah. grace. But I'd, I'd actually be surprised if he, did, if he lasted this long. I think I probably would. Yeah, I think probably in real life he's probably going to go somewhere close to here. Like we said before, the Giants may be a possibility. The Chargers, you never know. They're always looking for guys. The Vikings could have went defense. But probably now, you know, the Redskins are loaded up front. They're not going to take them, you wouldn't think. Um, The Steelers are pretty loaded. They're not going to take them. The Bears may be a possibility, but, again, they need some some offense too. So I'll give you a name. Who else? Who else? I'll give you a name to just keep an eye on. I'm not saying this he fell because he didn't. But as I watch film also, I'm seeing this kid and I'm like, there's something about him. There's a, um, an intensity, I'll say. I guess an intensity about him. Aziz Ojalari, from, from, he's an edge yeah. rusher from Georgia. Yep. There's just something about this kid that I'm like, man, you might, you might see some things from him. You might see some things from him. By the I, way, I'd expect him to be a first-round pick. It's just we only did—I don't know if we announced it in the beginning—but we only did teams who didn't. We we did draft picks for teams that didn't make the playoffs. And frankly, after this, who knows what it would actually be like? I mean, frankly, after yeah. ten, we don't even know what the hell is going to happen. But we figured we'd do the teams that didn't make the playoffs. So I just there's something about that kid that I like that I can I can see him 
you know, doing some really good things. So, by the way, excellent pronunciation, phenomenal. I I have a way with names. <laughs> Sometimes uh, it's a bad way, but I have a way. <laughs> hey, listen. Speaking of the draft, um, every year when we go into the draft, and frankly, into that coming season, it's usually they usually coincide with with each other. There's a few teams that, you know, they're kind of, I don't want to say on a hot seat, but they need to start answering some questions. And more often than not, they're either mediocre or bad teams. So, you know, I wanted to talk about this because to me, one of those teams and one of those guys that, again, not on the hot seat, but they need to start producing is is the Raiders and John Gruden. And and the reason I say that is because the guy signed a 10-year contract, $100 million 10-year contract, and he's what? This will be year four? Am I right year about four. This will be his fourth year? Yep. And frankly, as a personnel guy and draft guy, he kind of sucks. At best, he's mediocre, but I think he actually kind of sucks. I think he's a pretty damn – I still think he's a, a good football coach. I think his on-the-field stuff, I think his game planning, I think his coaching, I think is still good. I think the best thing you can probably do is just hand over the personnel matters to Mayock. Like, talk about it, but, but end up let, letting Mayock do, do his job because I think he's actually pretty good at it. Um, but, you know, they've either been bad or mediocre for the first three years. And even though they gave him a 10-year contract, at some point you get tired of being not good. And I just think it's interesting sure. considering the division they're in. The Chargers are getting better. Uh, Denver is, you know, they're a, a pretty good team looking for a quarterback. And obviously Kansas City is one of the best teams in the league. You got to start, like, showing something yep. more than just, like, 8-8. Eight and eight. Now, they've shown potential. You know, they beat Kansas City last year. And you're like, wow, you thought that would be a springboard. And then they lose, like, five straight games. Like, they, they – there's just no consistency there. You know, one week they play decent defense and the next week they give a 50 something points. And I'm just looking at them like, man, you know, you go seven and 10 this year, or eight and nine. And you're like, well done. Yeah. I'm getting better at it. Are, do questions start to get asked of Gruden, you know, mainly by the fan base. And let's just be honest. When the pressure comes from talk radio, from the newspapers and from the fans, pressure comes down like you know what i mean then yep. ownership starts to ask questions i mean what do you think about that do you think gruden has like i don't want to say he's in a hot seat but he's got to start answering some questions yeah i 100 percent agree with that i also think when you're gonna have full stadiums this year or, or, or a lot more fans than you had last year and you're open and you're kind of opening up a new stadium because you did it last year in las vegas you gotta win baby like you know to quote yeah mr davis man i that's like and you're right. The, the division is tough. There's a lot of for the sure. Chargers and Broncos are scrappy. They could beat anybody. And the Chiefs are the second, third, or first best team in the league. And you can, so, I mean, you can make an argument that your Denver Broncos are the worst team in the division. They're not bad. Yeah, like they can not. They right. can beat anybody on any day, especially they considering anybody. they have they a could. really good defense. And you know, you're yeah. hoping Drew yep. Locke, third year in the league, like starts to show out. They have. They certainly have weapons. You know. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like it's not like you have the Jets or Jacksonville or um, I'm trying to think of some other like really bad teams. 
you know, or or, or Detroit. The... The Lions. The, the Eagles. You, the Eagles. You don't have these teams in your division. Like, the worst team in your division is a 500 team at, at worst. Uh, I would think, like, Denver's going to be, like, a 500 team. So, you know, I, you know, I just think they're they're a team, and, and, and maybe more so he's a guy who is going to have some that pressure. Guy. How about that? He's going to have some pressure on him to produce. Do you Can you think of any other teams? And, Do you have any other teams on your – and he's making a ton of money. Well, that's what I'm saying. I mean, he can't be fired. Why would I don't think he can be fired? It's not like after after the fifth year they're going to fire him and you still owe him fifty million. So it's just a weird situation. But I mean, you can only take so much heat for so long. You know what I mean? So yeah. But anyway. Uh yeah. To answer, to answer your question, I do have another team off the top of my head. The Vikings, I think, are, are, are approaching mediocrity, and they have a and they have a lot of talent. I just I know we're not. Kirk Cousins is like, you can replace him and maybe be better. But again, I don't know if they're in a position money-wise or position in the draft to get a guy. They're just in a bad spot there. Yeah, Kirk Cousins um, causes some of their problems because he makes so much money. They had to let go of a number of defensive players. And yeah. you got a defensive-minded yes. coach in Mike Zimmer who was probably pissed off that he had to let some of these guys go. You know, but this is all part of being a and GM and, too, and, right? Like you you know this, Pete, you know this a year in advance, and you got to start drafting defensive players. Because your draft picks are cheap. And you either didn't do a good job of drafting defensive players or they didn't think about it. And either one, it's, it's you know, not good. Well, you know, something that they did that kind of gets lost in the fold because that they drafted a guy last year that had a hell of a year. They traded Diggs because they were so screwed up. And I think Diggs hated Cousins. And, and, and you can go on and on off that tree with probably 100 branches on why they did that. But, you know, Justin Jefferson pay that was a great player. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a great player, but you know, that gets lost in, they were so freaking annoyed with this guy. Yeah. I mean, we, we brought it up, we brought it up months back where Thielen and, and Diggs and even Jefferson last year were, were mouthing off to this guy. Cause he's, just, a, cause he's either, it's, it's, it's so I don't know funny. what the They give this guy an extent. They give Kirk Cousins an extension. They gave him the big contract. Then they get, they extended him. And I'm sitting here thinking he's the root of the problem. He's actually yes. the root of the problem. Because he's not a leader. He's not a leader. I actually think talent-wise, while while he's not – he doesn't have, like, the, the physical attributes of, like, elite quarterbacks that you would like to see. He makes big-time throws and big-time plays. But, dude, your team clearly doesn't believe in you. You have a yeah, rookie, he have have a eight, rookie wide receiver calling you out, like, bitching you out. Like, you're freaking crazy, man. That shit is not happening. And I think he's got to go. Um, but regardless, they certainly have to find a way to revamp that defense. I mean, you have a defensive-minded coach, and your defense stinks. You can't stop anybody. And the year before, you had a stout defense. This is what's even more bizarre. So you got a quarterback that you don't believe in that's eating up 20% of your salary cap, and you have a defensive-minded coach who doesn't have defensive players. Like, that's a recipe for yeah. disaster. Like, that's a problem. Yeah, look, it's starting to go down that road. So – that's why I. That's why in in our draft I took Mac Jones because I want him out. I want Kirk Cousins out, yeah. and then I want to rebuild that defense. I want to revamp that defense. I, I I could almost see, in all honesty, I could almost see like doing a Mac Jones, and then the rest of the draft just going all defense. You know, yeah. getting yep. young on that side of the young and cheap on that side of the ball. Um, I'm actually, you know, again, I'm not saying this guy's gonna get fired or something like that, but you know, these things happen. 
in phases or, or they <clears throat> in waves. They roll in slowly. It doesn't happen in a day. I think New England is is got a little pressure on them. God forbid the Jets, you know, look a little bit better than what we thought or what we think they could be. God forbid the Jets are like a six or seven win team as opposed to a three or four win team. Because that means they beat New England. That means they beat Miami. And that means New England is probably a 500 team. And now you start, while this past year it was the whispers that Belichick um, is, is not as good without Brady, it became kind of like a an elbow nudge to the guy next to you once the Tampa Bay Buccaneers won the Super Bowl. <laughs> now, let's say they go six and six and eleven, seven and ten, eight and nine. Let's just say they're a sub five hundred team. That's two years in a row without Tom Brady that Belichick has a losing record. And now you start to look and you say, in his career, he's got a losing record. Because if you go back with the Browns, he had a losing record and got fired. And you start to say, like, you really, they're no longer whispers and nudges. They're serious discussions on a weekly basis that you don't know how to, you not only don't know how to win, you don't know how to build a team. You picked, you signed for big money, a Nelson Aguilar who couldn't even hack it with the Eagles, who's a 50-something catch guy. You tie two tight ends without addressing your quarterback or other wide receiver. Like, you'll really start to hear it become a loud roar that Belichick really was carried by Tom Brady. Well, no, they're not firing Belichick. We know that already. No. We, I, I know that's not I know that's, I know that's not where you're going with it. No. You're right. I know that's not where you're going with it. But, you know, and listen, you know these Boston fans, they're, they're nuts. They've won more championships between the Red Sox and the Bruins and the Patriots and the South. And you have one down year, and they want to burn the stadium down. And especially watching Mr. TB12 going to win a Super Bowl. Which pisses everybody up there off, you know. Just knowing a couple course. of future fans myself. But let's be they're, honest, all that winning is what causes the rancor. Absolutely, absolutely. So it causes expectations, and then Belichick being Belichick all the time, Belichick being bellicose all the time. Guess what? You can't be that way when you're three and six, constantly like yeah, you know, giving it, the middle finger to the media, giving the middle finger to yeah, the fans, yeah. turning your nose up at everybody. That works fine. When you're one of the best teams in the league and winning Super Bowls, when you're a sub 500 team, now you're just a dick. And then people start to hate you and they forget the six Super Bowls because the six Super Bowls well, were in the past and that was with Tom Brady. Peter, you know as much as anybody, you know, Rex Ryan, he was goofy as it came, but when they were going to play AFC Championship games, nobody gave a shit. Because when the Jets and New York teams are good, the media, it, it, it drives football in a way. It definitely drives sports talk radio. It drives shows like this, but when you're when you're going five and twelve or six and eleven or whatever the hell, that gets old real quick, and nobody yeah. gives a shit that you're you know no one now 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 you're a dick to me. Now I'm gonna say something to you because now you're not you're not bringing the Super Bowl rings anymore. So exactly, it's all it's a little bit of a domino effect from that. You're right. Hey, don't forget you can follow us on YouTube BNR Clips BNR Clips, and you can see like the highlights of our show. Also on Instagram, Bump and Run Cast. You can direct message us right through Instagram. Easy way to do it. Comment on YouTube, and um, 
and also, as I tell you all the time, you can listen, you can hear us on uh, Google Podcasts, you can hear us on Spotify, on Anchor, on Outcast. There's a number of places that you can find us. But if you listen on the Anchor app, which is is free, doesn't cost you anything, um, you can actually leave us a voice message. We had Steve from Chester last week leave us a voice message, and we were able to talk about that. We want to hear from you guys. We want to hear what you think. Hey, we just did our mock draft. Tell us who you would have picked. Whoever your team is, tell us who you would have picked for them, and 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 we'll see. We'll get you on. You know, we'll get your message on on the uh, on the podcast with us. Speaking of Belichick, I have a report here that came out earlier this week, which I think is fascinating. Of course, we love this kind of stuff. That apparently, when he kind of the, I mean, to the best of our knowledge, and and for everything that we were told. When when the Patriots traded uh, Jimmy, and what we're really saying is when Belichick traded Jimmy Garoppolo to San Francisco, his hand was forced. He wanted to keep Jimmy G and maybe move on from Tom Brady or maybe one more year with Brady and then move on. But they were in a position where they would have had to franchise tag Garoppolo, and you can't franchise tag a backup quarterback, so they probably would have had to move on from Brady. The report that came out this week and it's totally because Belichick had his hand, you know, forced here, is that that offseason after he trade after trading Jimmy Garoppolo, Belichick put feelers out. Check this out. To the Giants, to the Redskins at the time, the team formerly known as the Redskins. Can I say that anymore? I don't know if I can say that anymore, but yes. formerly hey, on known this as podcast, the Redskins. On this podcast, if you don't say yeah. I'm going to be upset with you. And Miami, uh, the Dolphins. Wow. On whether or not in division. Wow. Like, so he wanted to either go back home to the Giants. You know, you you know, go back to his old stomping ground. Um, follow Bill Parcells down to the Big Tuna, down to the Dolphins, or maybe I guess he saw something in Washington where he thought you know that was a nice place to go. I don't know what his thinking was there. Wow. How about that? That Belichick was thinking, you know That's what? Crazy. Screw you. I'm out of here putting feelers out on where he could go. How about that? Now, let me ask you something. What is that as, as a former coach yourself? And not to say you have a huge ego, but coaches have egos. Let's be honest. <laughs> Players do. Everyone has of egos. Course. This guy's winning Super Bowl after Super Bowl with Tom Brady. And not to say that they don't get along. I just think it kind of ran out of juice up there. You know, think, you know, I think Belichick's all business. You know? Yeah, I think Belichick's all I, business. So you think that pissed him off that much that like that craft sided with Brady and over him and that he was looking to, to jump ship? Like, is it like, is it that big of a, and I'll let you, I, I know, I know you have probably a hundred things in your head right now going on. So I'll let you take the floor. So let me just start off by, by stating the obvious, which is, I did not have the success that Bill Belichick had. Okay. Right, right. So we're talking at that time. I think at that time it was five Super Bowls. Cause I think the following year they wanted it. That was when they won against Atlanta. Am I correct or no? Yeah, but they, but then they beat the Rams after that. So it, it might've been the Rams after Bowls, Atlanta. Then, yeah. So then I think yeah. it was, they had five. Because then they traded Jimmy G, and then they beat the Rams. Am I correct then? And then they lost. They lost. They lost to the. Yeah, they lost to the Eagles, and then they beat the the Rams. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I think you're right. So, yeah. 
I will tell you that ego is a bitch because prior to being the head coach at your school, I knew nothing but success. I turned what I would call chicken salad, uh, chicken shit into chicken salad a couple times. Um, and I, you just, I feel personally, I, I, I feel responsible for this. <laughs> <laughs> and you, you really do get to a, a point where you think I can do this anytime I want. If I did it here and I did it here, I could do it anywhere. Right. And sure. why wouldn't you listen to me? Um, so before coming to your school, I had nothing but success, nothing but success. Um, what, you know, even at lower levels, I was having success while the higher levels were not. And I'm looking at it and I'm saying, you can't do it. I can. And then I go to another school and I'm successful eight and one and varsity's oh and 10. And I go, you don't want to listen to me. I'll go somewhere else. And then I started a program somewhere else and we were successful again. And you really abs ego absolutely plays a part in it until you get smacked in the face and you're like, Oh shit. Like I can't do it alone. Yeah. You need help. And so absolutely. I can see a, a bill Belichick being that butthurt, um, thinking I've built well, this team and maybe rightfully so the first few super bowls that they won with Brady. Brady wasn't what we think of Brady. Now Brady wasn't a 300 yard right. a game, three, three touchdown passing guy. Right. He was 180 yard a game, one touchdown passing, maybe guy. Um, that was a defensive oriented team. That was a defensive, you know, yeah. led team. Winning games in the first two Super games, Bowls. Winning games yeah. 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 So when they beat the Rams, they beat them because they had great defense that first Super Bowl. Like, so I get it. I just think coaches always need to remember. Coaches always need to remember. And this is what, um, Bobby Bowden said when he was at Florida state, right when he was retiring and people were like, you were such a great coach. And he said, you know why I was a great coach? Cause I had the best players. Yeah. Like yeah. he acknowledged that. And I think most Jimmy, coaches, Jimmy's and Joe's right. And some, yeah, absolutely. Like I think these, the Kyle Shanahan's and the McVeigh's and the Belichick's, you know, I think Parcells knew this. That's why he wanted to shop. You know, you want me to cook the food. You need to let me shop for the groceries kind of thing. Like, Yep. You got it. You, you need to know that it's the players. You need to have good players. And, um, but I, I really do think his ego may have gotten in a way. It's hard not to, dude. You got five Super Bowl rings. Who the hell else has got five Super Bowl rings? So uh, right, it's right. hard. It's hard to not feel that way. But yeah, I, I, I think it's possible. Do I think he put out feelers to all three of those teams? I don't see why he would have put feelers out to Washington, but who the hell knows? Maybe he's got relationships or maybe they were talking money. Who knows? But yeah, that could be, that's a good point. The, the Schneider's pocket. And I don't think the teams matter so much as the, as what matters is the idea that Belichick kind of wanted to throw new England, the bird and say, I'm out of here. Then see ya. you don't yeah. think I'm worth yeah. it. You, you want Tom more than me, then so be it. And uh, so, yeah, I think it's absolutely possible. <laughs> And, and frankly, <laughs> probable, <laughs> you know, maybe it's probable. I don't know. I don't know. So your I little, your little giggle there at the end says it all. Well, you're like, <laughs> Cause I was, I was there on a significantly smaller level where you're just like, I could do anything. I mean, I know, I know to this day, my X's and O's were better than everybody else, but you know, you gotta have the horses, man. You know, you gotta have the horses. That's it. So, and Tom Brady is the horse. He's secretariat. You know, he's he's the man. 
That's it. So yep. I think Bill probably got a little bit over his skis a little, thinking he can do it without him. And then when well, here here's the kicker of it too, because then hindsight's twenty twenty. You know, you, you fast forward two three years, and you think the last year in New England they won eleven games with Tom Brady. They won eleven games with like mm-hmm. no talent. And how do I know yeah. that? Because the following year with Cam Newton, they could barely field the team. They could barely score. Yeah, he he threw nine touchdown passes. Yeah, like it was it was rough Tom there Brady for a long time. Down, Super yeah. Bowl, dude. Like, you know, it's about the guy. You got to have the guy. You got to have the dude. You got to have the man. So, and I think he's learning that now, but I also think, you know, shit, it might be a little too late. Anyway, let's shift gears a little bit uh, before we wrap things up. Uh, Baseball season has started. And, you know, before you go into the season, there's always expectations. Who's going to do well? Who's going to do poorly? You know, you know, on TV and radio, you hear your Super Bowl, uh, Super Bowl, your World Series predictions, and all this kind of stuff. Is it possible in the last ten years, at least to this point in the season, we're only a month in or so, but that there's a bigger disappointment than the New York Yankees? Oh man, this is this yeah, breaks really. my heart early really? on in the season. I'm wearing I'm wearing a Yankee hat. I still I still I got my boys, but so I got a I got a ton to say here about this friggin embarrassment of a start listen they had, um, they're tied for the, the worst world. record in american league and they're one game out of the worst record in all of baseball behind colorado okay so what we're 17 games in yeah uh, three weeks in i think three weeks from the day opening day started um is it the end of the world no no are they gonna are they gonna eventually are they eventually gonna hit and come back to earth yes are they gonna get some guys back in the lineup in the pitching staff yes however this team looks dead, dude. They look lifeless. I don't know how much baseball you watch at this point. I don't know. I, I don't know if you get more Philly games than Yankees down to where you are, but this team is is dude. They're not running. They're not running hard down the first baseline. They're throwing a the ball. They're kicking a the ball in the outfield. They're, they're a mess. Yeah. And 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 what gets me scared about this team too is like I I said all that stuff. They're going to come back. I said it a couple weeks ago. You always play back to the back of your baseball card. Like your averages always equal out. You always come back to what you are, and this team's gonna this team's gonna do that. But this is the team that you see in the playoffs year after year. They're they're are they gonna have enough starters? Is their bullpen gonna make it through? All of that ends up being true, and their lineup shits their it shits the bed. Yeah, this is what Lemayu hits. Me. This is what bothers me. The one guy hit, it's 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 nuts. The Yankees have gone full on Moneyball analytics. And mm-hmm. this is the epitome of an analytics fail. And yes. Oh, my God. It's, it's th- if anybody's out there thinking we're saying that this is going to be one of the worst teams in baseball this year, of course, of course they're not. They're going to be fine. Yeah, no. Right? No. They're going to be fine. Yeah. But the, the problem with analytics is that people are not numbers. And we don't do the same thing to the same level every day. I may be a... 30 home run guy, you don't know when the home runs are coming. Well said. I may not hit one this month, and then I may hit one five straight games. Like, this is the yeah. problem. Like, there's zero flip with analytics when you're going full on analytics, and this is where the Yankees are right now. It's home runs, walks, strikeouts, or nothing. Like, this is it. Double play. Ton of double plays, too. What? It's they're just, not getting the ball in the air. Just, like, and it's the. 
and it's oh. actually to me more than anything above the Yankees poor play is it's killing the sport because it's uninteresting as shit. Home runs are yes, nice when there's guys on base. Home runs are nice when it's the ninth inning. Home runs are not nice when it's seven strikeouts and then a home run and then seven strikeouts. Like there's got to be more to baseball than just playing the numbers and they're playing the numbers and the numbers suck. And now your numbers don't mean shit. And uh, there's got to be more to it than that. Analytics should be a tool. It shouldn't be your sole deciding maker or else you don't need managers. You don't need coaches. So I think it's an analytics fail. And and I agree with you totally. They're probably going to end up being first place in in American League East and they're going to win lots of games and things will be fine. But the problem is when things don't go your analytical way, they have nothing else to fall back on. They have no speed. They have no base running. They don't play small ball. They can't like, uh, there's no adjustments to be made. You know, Mickey Mantle back in the day, if he wasn't hitting, he would lay a bunt down or he would slap the ball the other way. Why? Almost just to like jog your brain a little bit, like just to get out of the same rut. And this is the problem with analytics. You're stuck in a rut. Reset things a little yeah, bit. So like you got to have some yeah, kind of flexibility, man. Steal a base. Like, oh, that sounds crazy. Do something so to mix things, it up. There's no mix it up. It's just play the numbers. That's it. You know, and they're milking these pitchers back to life, which I get. You can't throw. You can't throw Kluber and and tie on 120 pitches. They're they're come. They haven't pitched in two years. I get that. It just it sucks when everything happens at one time. They all slump together. They're milking yeah. three pitchers back to life at once. You know, you're missing two guys in a bullpen at once. Yep. And and and, and it becomes boring baseball. Yes. So a couple of things with 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 Cashman, you know, they're saying, oh, fire Boone. Well, if you fire Boone, you gotta fire Cashman. Because I don't think Boone's doing a lot of managing. Baseball managing is no more. But it's, this is it's, what I'm it's saying. It's all coming from upstairs. Yeah, it's all that's it's all like, analytics. analytics though. So what what what, right. what would be different? Why would it be any different if it's just a matter of numbers and playing by the numbers? The guy doesn't matter. Guy doesn't matter. See, the guy exactly. matters if it's sometimes it's feel. Sometimes it's like, hey, well, th- you always let this guy hit away. Yeah, but you know what? He's slumping right now. Let's um, let's have him slap one the yeah. other way. Like, let's have him lay down a bunt. That's what you need a manager for. Right now, if you're playing all not by the numbers, the manager doesn't matter. Nope. Nope. So what the hell is that going to do? Um, I I hated I hated the fact that you know this has been touched on. You know, me and my buddies. I don't think there's one guy in our group that likes Stanton. And listen, he's not a bad guy. He brings no off-the-field drama, and that's great. But, dude, you got the same exact guy in Aaron Judge, and they both have trouble staying on the field. Yeah. And now they're both staying on the field, and they both are slumping. And the fact that Stanton doesn't play the outfield because he gets a fucking hangnail, and then he can't play for three weeks, three months, it's, it's, a, it's a joke to me. It's it a totally joke. Is. And I know they were, their original plan was to have him play left field, but then he, he can't play left field. Yeah. So now you have a 38-year-old guy that's probably the light and fire on this friggin' team in Garner, the guy that's in the lineup every day that can play, the guy that can play multiple outfield positions, the guy that maybe can lay down a bun if you want him yes. to, the guy that can yeah. steal a the guys, it, the only guy on the team that has a World Series ring from the Yankees. That's sad to me. That's embarrassing <laughs> to me. Like, and, there, dude, and there was like, talk about getting listen, rid of him in the offseason. And and they they probably came 12 days from not going to spring training without him that's yeah. how late they signed the guy yeah so and, and, I, and i'm ranting here a little bit because i'm invested in this team i have i have a yankee package i'm at these friggin friday night games my free time a lot of friggin money at parking beers whatever the hell it is beers so when i'm sitting when and i'm beers. sitting at, at more beers and maybe some whiskey 
But listen, but no, dude, it's friggin' annoying to me that I have to watch some games last year or two years ago, because last year the world shut down. Two years ago, I'm watching friggin' Mike Talkman, friggin' Cameron Mabin, and Brett Garner play in the outfield. And then now two years, we, we got everybody back and we're six and 11. Or we're, dude, what are we yeah. doing, man? Like, lost five straight. And games. the bullpen's been, or five and the bullpen's been great. The bullpen's been great, but you're going to roast them. You're going to roast these guys pitching five guys a night because you're. And then when Cole doesn't pitch well, you want to talk about pressure on that guy's shoulders. When Cole doesn't pitch well, now you're really screwed. Yeah. Then where are you getting wins from? Then where are you getting your your innings eaters from? What, do, dude? It's it's again. I, I know I'm I'm getting fired up and I'm ranting. I, I'm I'm seriously not panicked yet. But dude, you you you'll start beating up on these bad teams. That what do you where where do you go? Where there's do you a, go? Listen, there's a difference between panicked and concerned, and and anyone would be concerned yeah. right now, because uh, you know it's not just a ten game stretch. It's it's your entire start of the season. And frankly, the beginning of the season is when you come out excited. You know, you think you're, you're fresh, you're healthy, you know, yeah. everything yeah. is as it should be. It's as, it's as the summer goes on and it gets hot and there's a grind and you just drag an <laughs> ass. That's when you think there's problems. You're not, not in the first week of the season. So that's, there's a concern. And exactly. then again, as I well was said. stating, there's a concern with this just full on full blown analytics and there's no other way to make decisions. You need to be able to adjust sometimes, dude. You need to be able to adjust. Yeah. You need to, the other time. The other team has analytics too, and they're seeing. They know what you're gonna, what you're trying to do. So sometimes you just got to do the opposite, just to do the opposite, so that you're not predictable. So and I just think they're well, stuck. That's another thing. I'm I glad, think they're stuck right now. I'm glad you brought that up. I'm glad you brought that up because you want to talk about a team that's in your head, and nope, it's not the Red Sox. Tam- nope, Tampa. It's right? not the Indians. The Tampa Bay Rays are in your head. You're. Like you said, mm-hmm. we're three we're three weeks in the season, and last Friday we we're two weeks in the season, and you're playing a raise on a Friday night. You had off on Thursday, and you're gonna start an opener. You're gonna start an opener. Why the hell are you out thinking the room for? You had a day off. You have you have fresh guys out of the, the back end of your rotation, dude. Start one of those guys that are coming off the injury. Okay, he gives you five, dude. You're not starting a guy that gives you one. But that's not what the numbers say. And then you. And then, but then the Rays start an opener, right? They start a righty, then they go to a lefty. So it makes Boone think, all right, I got to change my lineup here. The Yankees start an opener. The guy barely gets out of the first inning. They go righty to righty. So the Rays keep their lineup in all time and pummel their ass. The Rays are, what do you, dude, you got the highest payroll in baseball or number two now to the Dodgers. Play your game, dude. Play your game. Like, stop out thinking the, it, dude, it's driving me crazy. It's, the, the Rays are in your head. The team, you got a devilry on your jersey, bro. You're not tough. Like, what do you do? Like, come on, man. Like, uh, no, no, I think no, we got to. No, no, I'm, no, I'm hating on fish. For I think we got to be in our clip right here. This one, <sighs> this one probably going to be the first one. Scotty's first Yankees rant. I love it. There might be more at this rate. I might call you up personally on the, the weekend if this keeps up. <laughs> Listen, they got some work to do, especially when you consider out in the West Coast, you got the Dodgers who won the World Series. They're considered the best team. They're who you think you're going to be playing if, if and when you make the World Series, and they are lighting it up. They they well, came out of yeah. the box the exact opposite of Yankees. They're scoring runs. Yep. They're, they're doing all these things. They're pitching. Clayton Kershaw is their third best pitcher, which is bananas on any baseball team. Oh, yeah. 
So, you know, dude, I got to think that some of this, listen, I know these guys are savvy enough and they're professional enough to not let all these things play on their head all the time. But I got to think it bothers them a little bit sometimes. And, 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 you know, you can get in your own head in this, in this sport because they play every day, more or less every day. And, um, and, and then I just, again, I, I, it's like, I'm beating a dead horse here, but the analytics are sometimes wrong now again. So, so here's the thing again, I'm just repeating myself, but I don't really care. It should be a tool (laughs) just like for a football coach and, and they do quasi analytics in the NFL now, but you still have to go by feel. You still have to go by what's going on and things change and there's a rhythm of the game and what's working and what's not. And how's the flow. And my quarterback has it today. My quarterback doesn't have it today. You know, the other team is, it should be a tool. This should all be a tool because we're humans and we're not robots. We're not, you know, we're not uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger and terminators and we can't predict exactly how we're going to be each and every day in each and every game. So sometimes you just got to be able to adjust. And if Aaron Boone should be fired for anything, it's that he's shown an inability to adjust. And maybe that's his fault, and maybe it's not. But regardless, something with that needs to change, and we need to get back to a little bit of that human element in a human sport. I mean, that's just the way I feel about it, man. I mean, why bother having coaches? Or, or, you know, why bother having – you're not managing it. You call it a manager. You're not managing anything. You're just pressing a button on a computer. You're you're Google. Yeah. You know, you just you can use some just like MIT nerd to tell guys what to do, and it's just not baseball. It's a sport. It's people, and, you talk- and things change, and things evolve, and things have to. You know, yeah, there has to be some kind of flexibility there. You talk about the Dodgers; they're hitting and running. They're making diving catches to win the game. I'm watching sport. I'm watching Twitter the next day. I'm going, what? The, I'm like, this used to be. Aaron Judge won't even dive for a ball uh, now. Yeah. They told him, Aaron, don't. Aaron, don't dive. You're gonna get hurt. You're gonna miss games. Dude, I played football for you. You, I played softball with you. Dude, I was diving every chance I got to do. Like, dude, what are you? It's are you, why like, you play to make my, exceptional my plays. My dad, your play. dad, like old school. Like, dude, are you? Dude, yeah. Aaron, listen, you, you. If your foot hits the winning track, nah, maybe take it. Are you out of your fucking mind? Like, I can't even fathom that this is that, that this is real life. To your original like, point, there, there's one team looks like they love playing baseball, and the other one looks like looks robotic. They don't like really you said, want to be out like there. God, it's not a good look. It's not a good look. I'm certain things will change. I'm certain things will change, but you know, it it doesn't it doesn't spark enthusiasm. That's for sure. It doesn't make and you I want to go to the ballpark. What I'm you're seeing, yeah, just... what you're seeing with out of the Yankees right now, it doesn't make you enthusiastic about going to the ballpark. That's for sure. Well, well, dude, that's what that's 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 nail on the head because I'm getting emails from my Yank, my ticket guy. Hey, listen, you're getting refunded from every Friday game that you don't go to because of the restrictions. But hey, listen, here's four tickets in section 100 for my nephew, my nephew, my left arm, and whatever. Dude, and like, I'm not eh. going to pay to see this. I'm not going to pay. I'm not even thinking about it yet. Like I told, yeah. I was talking to my brother last night about it. And I'm like, do I want to sit there in 38 degree weather and, and and pay $15 a beer to watch this team get five singles? What are you kidding me? I'll finish with this. There's a big difference between empty seats in a stadium because of COVID and empty seats in a stadium because you stink. And right now those empty oh. seats are because nobody wants to see a, a team play bad baseball and uninspired baseball. Lethargic. Torres is hitting a ball back to the pitcher and doesn't get out of the box. I didn't see the ball, he says. You didn't see the ball? It's right in front of you. Oh, my God. I need, 
I, I, I need more bourbon. Maybe I had no bourbon. idea what oh I was starting God. here. I thought we were just going to like open the door to, to baseball talk, and here you are losing your mind. Yeah, I'm a, I feel a little bad. I feel, and I'm a Yankee fan, yeah. but I, I'm trying. Listen, I'm trying to. I'm trying not to get caught up. I'm not following as close well, as you are right now because it's draft season after the draft. Yeah. And once I see where these teams are settling, baseball will, will kick in a little more, and then I might be as pissed as you. But for now, Dude, I'm, I'm telling I'm you, man. I'm in a better position and, for you, and, and I'm not going to have a heart attack. And you're an old-school guy, man. I'm Watching this team play, you're going you're gonna to text me and go, I get it. And, and, and yeah, no. I'm hoping this is I'm hope, I'm hoping this nonsense is done. I'm hoping they wake up and and listen. There's nothing worse than watching a baseball game when no one hits because you think like no one cares. Listen, hitting baseball's besides playing quarterback, hitting baseball's one of the hardest things to do no, no like, sports wise. Yeah, no doubt. So I get it. So when no one's hitting, it looks like you're lethargic and don't care. So hopefully in two weeks when they all wake up and 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 baseball, and they come back to life, the weather gets a little warmer, and. Like Luke Voigt comes back. Luke Voigt. Luke Voigt's the engine on this team. You gotta be I kidding know. me. I know. Like I know. So so I'm hoping when you start I don't like watching, the careful takes either. Down, we, I don't like the careful takes could, like you're talking about because it's a long season and you can't be careful for 162 games. Like you just can't do it. You can't dude, just and you're constantly be careful a, because then you're not pushing. Yeah. Dude, exactly. October. Yeah. You're gonna. Oh, listen. October now. I'm gonna run to the wall. Dude, after not doing it all year long? I know. You're right. It's, it's, it's nonsense. It's not a good look. Hey, listen, I would ask you what's on your radar moving forward, but I think for both of us, it's obviously the same. <laughs> the NFL draft start is next Thursday? Next Thursday. Round Thursday, one, Friday, Thursday. Saturday. Rounds, At, rounds we're going to have Friday. Yeah, we're going to do our po- our podcast a day earlier, so I'm gonna ha- we're going to do it next Wednesday, so you can keep an eye out for that. Um, I'm looking into the possibility of doing some kind of live, uh, if I could figure out how to do it, uh, live thing, maybe on Facebook, maybe Facebook and YouTube, probably just one of the two. I'll keep you posted with that. Keep an eye on Instagram and YouTube really for Instagram for how that's going to go down. If I can pull it off. Um, but yeah, the draft is where it's at right now. The whole world will stop for three days and we'll follow that. So, uh, yeah, I think we both have the same thing on our radar. Dude, sure. uh, if I'm not mistaken on the number, that was episode 13. I think it was. And teams would be wise. This this video and this podcast should be disseminated league-wide to all GMs <laughs> to pay attention to who was taken for those teams because I believe those were some great picks. I believe those are some I great agree. picks. I think we did these teams uh, a, a major favor on who they should take. That's another one in the books for bum. Uh, this is, uh, how do we say this? this is what? What is this called? Oh. I'm Pete Calisano <laughs> for Scott Bracey. You've been listening to Bump and Run, and we'll catch you guys next week. Later.